Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Oh, good afternoon, everyone. This is uh, Kennard speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God. Uh, biblical instructional program. This program is for people who truly seek what the Bible reveals and is humble enough as a little child to desire to obey it. So that's what this program is designed to do, is to give people an opportunity who are starving and thirsting for truth to finally hear it. Uh, In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, states this, At the same time came the students, or Talmudim, or disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And verse 2 in Matthew chapter 18, And Jesus called a little child unto him, reading in the King James Version, and set him in the midst of them, in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 18, Verily I say unto, except ye be converted, and this is what this program is about, the process of repentance, changing, conversion, and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let me repeat this. Verily I say unto you, except you be converted, and become as little children. So we have to humble ourselves and not think that we know everything. Um, You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven of heaven or God. All right? So we have to understand it. In verse 4 he says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the word converted in the original Greek is strepho. It means uh, to reverse, to repent. And we all have something wrong with us, folks, um, and we, we need to repent. Uh, unfortunately, we have inherited lies from our past family and past generations. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 19 for proof of this. Actually, Jeremiah chapter 16. I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 16. Starting in verse 19, Jeremiah 16, verse 19 in the King James Version. That was translated or created in the British uh, United Kingdom back in 1611. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in a day of affliction, the Gentiles, which are uh, individuals that aren't a part of the twelve tribes of Israel, shall come into the, from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies. 
vanity and things wherein there is no profit. Now, also among the Gentiles are also the tribes. <laughs> so this basically, Gentiles means nations. So this is talking about not only people that aren't of the tribes, but all of mankind. All of mankind have suffered from some type of deception. I will prove that to you here in a minute. Jeremiah 16, verse 19, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles of the nations shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. In verse 20, Shall a man make gods unto himself, and, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord, or the Tetragrammaton. Um, whenever you see Lord, uh, it should be translated um, in Hebrew, Y-H. W H or Y H W V. So that's a significant prophecy there. And I just want to, and I'm going to give a program in the future about who is Israel so we could understand who Israel is. But uh, Israel is also considered a nation. Uh, the same word that's used for Gentile is uh, named for also for Israel, Goy. That's Strong's number H, well, letter H, then 1471. But anyway, that's a future Bible study. Also, I'm going to write a blog article about that. But uh, case in point, uh, if you don't want to wait until then, uh, you can go to Yara Davidi's website. It's www.beasinboyritam.org to understand that the United States, Canada, the countries in Northwestern Europe, Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, and I think I just mentioned Australia, and Britain, and the little nation of Israel, they are all part of the 12 tribes of Israel. Ten of them have been lost to people who don't know, but people who are uh, believers, true believers, understand who they are. And they are located there. Also people that believe in the king of Israel, which is the Messiah, they also become grafted in the commonwealth of citizenship of Israel. And they also adapt to their lifestyle as well. And so that that's another Bible study. But uh, once you understand, whenever you see Israel in the Bible, it's talking about America, it's talking about Canada, it's talking about really anyone that believes in um, the king of Israel, Yeshua or Jesus Christ or Yeshua Messiah, then the Bible will be will come alive to you. Also, another chapter I recommend uh, the first I think nine or ten verses that you read is First Corinthians chapter uh, ten. That's a good chapter also to go over as well. So anyway, as far as the Israelites drinking the spirit, the same spiritual drink that we're drinking today, so. All right, so before I get into the Bible, so how to repent, how to change, and I will explain the reason why we need to change, uh, let's go over uh, what I believe is a very, very significant event in American history. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but the Supreme Court of the United States has finally decided to take on the case of uh, same-sex marriage. 
Now, this is in the New York Times I'm quoting from. So this is a legitimate source here. You can't get any more legitimate than the New York Times. Uh, this, the, the headline to this article is Justices to Hear Two Challenges on Gay Marriage uh, by Adam Liptak, Liptak, L-I-P-T-A-K. It was published December 7, 2012 in Washington. It says the Supreme Court announced on Friday that it would enter the national debate over same-sex marriage agreeing to hear a pair of cases challenging state and federal laws that define marriage to include only unions of a man and a woman. So um, I'm not going to go there to read the rest. You can if you want. I just wanted to read that to prove to you that this has actually happened. This is a significant event in American history. More than likely... I hope it isn't, but more than likely the way we're going uh, already with uh, a few states already allowing same-sex marriage, uh, the same area where um, one of the worst hurricanes ever in the history of this country hit, that same area where uh, a few states are actually allowing same-sex marriage as I'm speaking. But now that's not good enough. Now uh, the country, 53% of Americans don't have a problem with gay marriage. So that's where we're headed, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and the prophecies revealed that's where we're headed. Uh, and Isaiah, Isaiah, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 3. And this is a, this is a sober prophecy here, a somber prophecy. Uh, and Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1, For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah, is referring to uh, Israel, uh, the stay and the staff, because Jerusalem was the headquarters of um, the house of Israel, and from Judah, the stay and the staff, in other words, the ability to support yourself, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge and the prophet, the prudent and the ancient, the captain of fifty, the honorable man, the consular, the cunning artificer, and the eloquent orator. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And it's interesting, uh, this prophecy here, because... Uh, many people think that Congress is acting like babies in reference to the so-called fiscal cliff. Um, and this this prophecy, again, one of the ways to prove that we're Israel is our characteristics and what God says about Israel. And we, we fit it 100% because we do have leaders in this country that act like children. Uh, verse 5, and the people shall be oppressed, and we certainly are oppressed. Uh, we have people in this country... About 50 million people right now on food stamps, as I'm speaking, and every and then we have over like yeah over 21 I think it's 22 million people right now that don't have jobs, and the people shall be oppressed every one by another and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the agent. Yes, that's there's so uh, so much child rebellion. That's because people don't raise their kids properly. Uh, the majority they they don't they think spanking is something that uh, is taboo. That should not be done. And because of that, we raise adults that act like children. And the base against the honorable. Verse 6, when a man shall take hold of his brother of the house of his father, thou hast clothing. So this is talking about economic chaos. Uh, thou hast clothing. Be thou our ruler, and let this room be under thy hand. Verse 7, in that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be and healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. So it's showing that that not only Jerusalem, but 
all over the world, in particular the, the tribes of Israel, are going to suffer economic chaos. Verse 8, for Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen, because their tongue and their doings is against the Lord, to provoke the eyes of his glory. Now, this is the verse I want to get to here in verse 9. The show of their face or countenance of witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom, and they hide it not. Woe unto their soul, for they have rewarded evil unto themselves. Now, keep in mind that the sins of Sodom, let's go over that again, because I, I know that many people think that, that have been taught by their uh, ministers and so forth, that the sins of Sodom and all that has something to do is homosexuality, but no, it has a lot more to do than that. And God tells us what the sins of Sodom are here in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49 Behold, this was the iniquity or sin of thy sister Sodom, pride. We certainly have pride in America, don't we? We have fullness of bread, right? We have a lot of resources, yet we have people that are poor in this country. An abundance of idleness, yes, uh, we have abundance of laziness. Uh, that word idleness means um, rest, just be still. We just lay around, you know, the couch potato <laughs> that was probably created here in America. Was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. We certainly don't. I mean, the fact that we have uh, 22 million people here looking for jobs, and and then also we we have quite a few people on food stamps, close to 50 million. That's that's definitely us. And verse 50, and they were haughty and they committed abomination and abomination. And homosexuality is definitely abomination according to the Word of God before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw that. And so that's what I try to explain this to the people. What was the sin that finally caused God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? It was homosexuality. And Yeshua predicted, uh, the greatest prophet who ever lived, Yeshua Jesus predicted in Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, and this is in the context of his second coming, Luke chapter 17, Verse 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, so this is what we're talking about, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Verse 21, neither shall they say, lo, here, or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you, meaning that he was there presently, and the future of the kingdom of God was there with him at that point. But, when you look at Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, uh, hold your place here. We'll turn there. Revelation chapter 11. Just hold your place here in Luke uh, 17, verse 21. We're going to turn to uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15 to prove my point in a simple way. Revelation 11, verse 15, it states, And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are uh, become are become the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever so you may be wondering if you've ever listened to me to for, well why is it saying that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ uh, aren't aren't the kingdoms already his well technically yes but uh right now specifically no because he has allowed the kingdoms of this world to be controlled by the devil all right, and for proof of that, let's turn to Luke chapter 4. I'm sure you've heard of the devil before, for those who are listening to me for the first time. 
uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 4. Um, verse 5, rather. Luke 4, verse 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Luke 4, verse 5. And then verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whoever I will give to it. Let me read this in an easier. <laughs> I like the King James Version, but sometimes it's just... Anyway, Luke, Luke chapter 4, verse 5, the adversary. So in, in Hebraically, the devil is called the adversary. Uh, Luke 4, verse 5, the adversary took him up, showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Reading this complete Jewish Bible version for clarity's sake. Luke 4, verse 6, and he said to him, I will give you all this power and glory. It has been handed over to me, and I can give it to whomever I choose. Okay, let me repeat that. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in, in verse 5 of Luke chapter 4 and in verse 6 and said to him, and this is the devil talking to Yeshua, I will give you all this power and glory. It has been handed over to me and I can give it to whoever I choose. So right now, the devil, uh, God, for a reason, has handed all the kingdoms of this world over to the devil. That's why in Revelation 11, verse 15, it says the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. All right, so I just wanted to explain that to you because many people think that this world right now is being directly ruled by God. No, it's being indirectly, but he is allowing the devil to do his dirty work, all right, uh, for a reason. And, and I'll get to that today, hopefully. But anyway, back to Luke chapter 17 in the King James Version. Verse 21, uh, Neither shall they say, Lo here, O lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And then verse 22, And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And verse 23, And they shall say to you, See here or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. So he's telling you that he's not going to be in a secret place or whatever when he comes back. And verse 24, For as the lightning that lights out of the one part under heaven, shine up unto the other part under heaven, so also shall the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation, in other words, the generation that he was uh, in. And verse 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, or Noe, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 27, They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given into marriage until the time that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Notice, destroyed them all. Verse 28. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot. Okay, we're getting into the Sodom and Gomorrah issue here. They did eat. They drank. They bought. They sold. They planted. They built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So it's talking about homosexuality in the context of the second coming of Christ, which uh, I, can't, I can't comprehend him not coming back in the 21st century. I, I, don't, I don't see humanly and logically how the Messiah will not come back <laughs> in the 21st century when we have one of the tribes of Israel, uh, the United States, stating one of the major tribes, uh, uh, part of Joseph, uh, Manasseh, saying that we want to seriously take a look at endorsing homosexuality. Remember, 
that is the last straw with God, homosexuality. He proved that as far he allowed everything else to go on. But when he saw the homosexuality there, the rampant homosexuality, that was it. He destroyed uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he looks at the world today as Sodom and Gomorrah today. And he is not going to tolerate, he's not going to tolerate uh, very long our leaders, our so-called leaders, endorsing homosexuality, folks. Uh, anyone that endorses homosexuality is endorsing the destruction of humanity because two people of the same sex cannot create. They cannot create another human being. So in verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 1, which is a message to all the houses of Israel, the 12 tribes, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So that he's calling us rulers of Sodom, and he's, he's commanding us to give ear unto the law of our God, that we need to pay attention to the Torah, the teachings and doctrines, which the people who created the Constitution of the United States, they did the best they could to do. And we're not, of course, going by, by that Constitution. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God of the Torah, the teachings of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. So he, he, he's saying that, that we are just a mess. We're totally a mess. And, and he's telling us to do this, since this show is about repentance. Uh, I just want to stress uh, the following uh, scripture here, in reference to that. Um Verse 16, well, actually, let me, in verse 15 of Isaiah chapter 1, it says, And when you spread forth your hands, when you spread forth your hands, when you uh, spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Whenever I see something like that, I think about the many abortions that um, we have allowed to occur since 1972 with the so-called landmark uh, Roe versus Wade abortion case. One of the most wicked things we've ever done as a nation. Verse 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Verse 17, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed. This is a process of repentance. This is how you repent. You relieve the oppressed. You judge the fatherless. You plead for the widow. Verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So that's how you... We have to repent. All of us have to repent. And we have to continue to change. We have to continue to be on that road to changing, or else we won't be in the kingdom of God and we won't see it, as I'm going to reveal to you today. People are so wrapped up, a lot of people when it comes to so-called religion, uh, they they are so wrapped up in prophecy and miracles. And, you know, those those things are important. But what's more important than that 
is changing. You have to constantly change and get rid of the wickedness that we were all born with. If you do that, you won't be alive, according to the Scriptures. You will not have life. The gospel is good news if you obey the gospel. And obeying the gospel means obeying the laws and doctrines of Elohim. Verse 19 of Isaiah chapter 1. If ye be willing and obedient, that's what I just explained to you, you shall eat the good of the land. Verse 20. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord, not Canard, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Devoured means to be consumed. To be consumed. So, you know, folks, this is a very serious message. And I know, as you're going to see today, uh, Torah teachers, prophets, are going to be persecuted in this end time. People don't want to hear this message. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear um, what I do. I'm not calling myself a prophet, but I do preach the prophet's message. And those who preach the prophet's message are going to be persecuted like the prophet's as well. So I'm fully aware of that. But I have to be courageous and I have to be strong and do what I have to do despite the persecution and despite uh, what people think. And Isaiah chapter 58 is an example of that. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression. And the house of Jacob, all those twelve tribes, their sins. And in verse 2, Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. And we are not doing righteousness. Righteousness, Psalm 119, verse 172, is all the commandments of God. We don't like to keep the Sabbath. We don't want to keep the holy days. We want to believe that uh, in the Jesus that was a European and had long hair and looked feminine. And that is not the true Jesus. That's not the true Yeshua Messiah, folks. He was a Jew. He acted like a Jew, and he did things like a Jew. And if you truly believe in that Messiah, you're going to be doing the same thing. You don't have to be a Jew, but you're going to be thinking like a Jew. Because your Lord and Savior is a Jew, and he tells you to follow his example, and he did Jewish things. But anyway, and forsook not the ordinance of their God, and that's what we do as a nation. For us to have the audacity to even consider that marriage is not or can be between uh, two females and two males tells you that we're out of our minds. Our leaders in this country, 53% of them, are, we are out of our minds. And forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask, well, let me read this again, verse 2, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness. And forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinance of justice, they take delight in approaching to God. That's what we are. That's a prophecy of America today, and the British peoples, and all those other territories I mentioned to you at the beginning of this program. And, yes, those who are outside of those territories that say that they do believe in Yeshua, and yet they don't want to do the things that he did. That's all of Israel, folks. That's what your Bible says. In Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to read that, the whole chapter. But anyway, 
Anyway, folks, uh, we are going through some very serious times right now. That that's this news about this country on the verge of approving same-sex marriage in all the states is major. And I have to warn you, because I don't want your blood on my head. So I'm going to warn you right now that this country is headed toward major, major punishment from Yah or God. If we, if we continue on the way to this. Now, Here's hope. Here's hope. Jeremiah 18, because there is hope. Jeremiah 18, verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, any nation, including the United States, and concerning a kingdom, to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. Verse 8. If that nation against whom I have pronounced, turn, here we go again, repentance, turn from their evil, I will repent or change his mind of the evil that I thought to do unto them. If you want to look at the evil that's going to fall to this country uh, as we're progressing toward homosexuality, allowing it in every state, look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 and study it. That's where we're going, folks. If we don't stop this foolishness. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. And he's talking about the majority. Of course, there's a little knowledge. I'm one of the little ones. He loses little people to try to uh, put some sense into the, to, to the, the, the uh, population. Verse 2, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out in blood, touch of blood. So that is what's going on in this country, folks. That's what's going on in this country. And in verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because they have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt no more be priest unto me, seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God. It was the same back then, it's the same today, the same social conditions. I will also forget thy children. And he has, right? He's allowed these abortions. He's allowing abortions, and I hear of terrible, uh, terrible uh, Stories of kids being raped. Uh, there was two girls, I think, that were killed. And it, he has forgotten our children, folks. This is a prophecy that has been fulfilled and is still being fulfilled as I'm speaking. As long as we continue to think that our way is better than his way. As long as we continue to think that Sunday is the Shabbat and is not. As long as we continue to, to think that Christmas is okay when God has commanded that it isn't, and that he even, through the prophet Jeremiah, prophesied of a tree with silver and gold on it. If you don't believe that, look at, well, let me read that. You probably never have heard that before, for those who have not heard me at all, period. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1. 
Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. And it's interesting he's addressing it to the house of Israel because he knew the, the house of Israel would get into this mess. Verse 2, thus says the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them, for the customs of the people are vain, worthless. That word vain in the original Hebrew is hebel, or habel, and it means emptiness or vanity. Unsatisfactory. Now, he talks about one of the most popular customs of all time in this country. For one cut of a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, they deck it with silver and gold. This is definitely a uh, vision or the, uh, the concept, the idea of a Christmas tree. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as a palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also in them to do good. So in verse 6, For as much there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in, in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee does it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of nations and all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. Okay, and this is a good chapter to read, the rest of it. But, folks, we've got to get serious about our religion, and we've got to get serious about uh, each and every one of us, about what we're going to do. Are we going to obey the true God of the Bible, or or are we going to do what we want to do? That's what it's coming down to, folks. So anyway, i got 26 minutes left. Let me go ahead and give you some additional scriptures and show you how to repent if you want to repent, if you want to change. If you don't want to change, this Bible study is not for you. Just go ahead and continue to do what you want to do, and then you'll just get thrown and tossed in the lake of fire when that time comes, and then you won't live again. But if you want to live again, continue to listen to this program because there's a great, great um, reward for obeying God. There's no, as I, I tell my son this a lot, well, not a lot, but, Occasionally, now, I uh, tell them that, hey, there's two ways of life. Uh, both ways require obedience. <laughs> and both have a boss. With God, you have to obey him, and there there's struggles with that. And also there's struggles and pain when you obey the devil. Uh, whoever you are o- obedient to, you are a servant to whoever you obey. So whenever you disobey God, you are still obeying someone, you're obeying the devil. And then when you refuse to obey the devil, you're obeying God. But see, here's here's the thing that people most people miss. When you obey God, there's reward. When you obey the devil, there's no reward but death, eternal death. Alright, so those are the things that that you need to understand here. Alright, so Let's turn to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to try to quickly go over these scriptures here in the little time that I have left here. Um, I have 24 minutes here left. Uh, Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse uh, 14 to 15. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel. What is the gospel about? It's about the kingdom of God. I already gave you some simple scriptures to understand that. The kingdom of God is simply 
God ruling over the governments of the world. Okay? And verse 15, and, and, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. We have to believe the good news. Now, Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Beginning in verse 1. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. In verse 2, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? Verse 3, I tell you, no, but except you repent or change, you shall all likewise perish. That word perish means exactly what it means. Perish. You'll you'll die. You'll you won't exist. Destroy fully. That's what it means. Verse 4. Of those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? No. Verse 5. I tell you, no. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Okay? So we, we've got to understand, folks, we all got something wrong with us. Okay? In Genesis chapter 8. And, and what's wrong is the way we think the way we're born to think. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart, the imagination or conception of man's heart, his mind, is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. So here you have... God, who knows much more than any of us, he's stating that our mind is evil from youth. That's what that's what God says here. So we have to pay attention to what God says. Imagination in Hebrew means yea, sir, and it means uh, conception, the imagination of mind. So that's what God says. And if you have a problem with that, you need to argue with him about it. All I'm doing is telling you what the Bible says. Uh Psalm 51, verse 5, states this, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, this is from King David, folks. So we have to understand this whole thing here, all right, this whole process. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel, chapter 33. Starting in verse 14. Again, when I say to the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, if he turn or she turn from his sin or repent, and do what is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life which involve uh, the commandments of God, uh, without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins that he has committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live. Yet the children of thy people say, The way of the Lord is not equal, or not fair, or balanced. But as for them, their way is not balanced. Verse 18, When the righteous turns from his righteousness, and what's righteousness? Keeping the commandments. He turn away from keeping the commandments of God, and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. But if the wicked turn from his wickedness, Teshuvah repents. That's what that word means. And do what is lawful and right. Teshuvah means repent in Hebrew. He shall live thereby. Verse 20. 
Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, these twelve tribes, I will judge you, everyone after his ways. That's what he tells you. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. That's why we got to do something, folks, because we're going to be judged by what we do. That's one of the primary reasons why you need to obey those commandments, folks, because he's going to use those commandments to judge us. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, or immerse every one of you in the name of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Remission means freedom, forgiveness of sins. And ye shall receive the gift. We don't earn it. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. All right? Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent ye therefore, and be converted. The word converted in Greek means ep e strepho, and it means to revert. Okay, to revert, to, to, to change. That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Okay? You're not going to have your sins blotted out if you don't change, folks. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. states this and the times of the ignorance of this ignorance the ignorance of not knowing god's law god winked at winked in the original greek means hoop ir ido and it means to overlook to not punish but now commands all men everywhere to repent and he said this back in in the first century in verse 31 because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained, he has given assurance unto all men, and that he raised him from the dead. Now, for those who are thinking, well, what about people who don't know, even heard of Yeshua, or don't know about keeping the Sabbath, never been taught, never have been taught that they should keep the Sabbath and holy days? Well, he's not going to throw them in a lake of fire, folks, because he's a fair judge. I cover all this, and you can look in my archives, the Great White Throne Judgment. Please listen to that. That will give you some relief and realize that, yes, God is going to give everybody a fair, let me underscore that, fair chance to keep his commandments. All right? And that's the Bible teaching, the true teaching of that. Acts chapter 26, verse 20. But show first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, the West Bank today, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. So, again, you have to do something to prove to God that you're serious, that you do want to, you believe the gospel, that you believe the good news, and you believe that by obeying the commandments, by obeying the commandments, you will be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. You know, if you don't keep those commandments, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God, folks. Plain and simple as that. Uh, John chapter 3. He's going to give each and every one an opportunity to keep the commandments. As revealed right here. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, or God. Then in verse 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of the water, which is describing the process of repenting and being immersed in the water, 
and then coming out of the water and receiving the Holy Spirit, um, be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. All right? So that that's pretty plain there. And then uh, later on in this chapter, uh, in verse 36, uh, John the Baptist states, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life. That That's pretty plain, folks. So if you don't believe in Yeshua Messiah being the Messiah, then you won't see life. Uh, you'll never live again. But the wrath of God abides on him. Now, Ezekiel chapter 3. So let's get to the good news somewhat. How how do we, okay, we repent, and when we repent, what happens next? All right, well, Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, states this. It says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives you the ability to obey the commandments. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 16 to 18. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that or help. That's what comforter means in Greek. Paraletos, it means uh, counselor, advocate, advocate, comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it see of him not, neither knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. Okay? So, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So, he left them, but he gave them the Holy Spirit. And he, he, gives, he, and he does this to each and every one of us. Uh, he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us overcome. And the whole Holy Spirit comes from the Father, as John 15, verse 26 reveals, flows through the Son and comes to us. It gives us the ability to keep the commandments. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 7 states this, Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but I, if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove or correct, okay, or convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they believe not on me, verse 10, of John 16, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Verse 11, of judgment, because the prince of this world, as I proved to you, the prince of this world is the devil. He rules the world right now. Is judged. Verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Verse 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, what is truth? Psalm 119, verse 142, the, the, the truth is the, all the teachings and doctrines and laws of God. Is come, he will guide you into all truth, all the teachings and doctrines and, and laws of God. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, shall he speak. And he will show you the things to come. So you'll also have a prophetic um, ability to be able to understand the prophecies. That's what he's saying, the prophecies of the Bible. Now, it states here that he will guide you into all truth. And, and sometimes people, when they read the Scripture, says, okay, well, I don't need anyone to teach me anything. The Spirit will teach me. Well, that's not true, folks. Uh, I, I can prove that to you. Let's just stop 
assuming things and, and let's look at the Bible and look at what it clearly states here. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So first of all, I want you to understand, you cannot understand the Bible unless either the Holy Spirit is drawing you, you're being called to understand, or it's in you. Okay? Uh, verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So when people tell me, well, you know, we have to wait to to uh, God comes back to understand what does the Bible say? It says, but God has revealed unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, the deep things of God. And this word in in Greek, deep things, means bathos, and it means mystery, the mysteries of God. That's what the Holy Spirit reveals. In verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of a man, says the spirit of man which is in him, which proves we have a spirit. Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Verse 12, but we have received not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is the devil, folks. But the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. And note that word freely. Freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man or the common man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They're, they're spiritually uh, questioned, judged. Verse 15, But he that is spiritual judge of all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. Verse 16, For who have known the mind of the Lord, that you may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you start to think like a Jew. You start to think like the most righteous Jew, the most popular Jew of all time, Yeshua Messiah. That's what happens. And if you think like him, you start to do the things he did. Galatians 2, verse 20, plainly states, Galatians 2, verse 20, plainly states, that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Yeshua will spiritually live in you when you receive the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, it states plainly that Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was keeping the Sabbath, Back in the first century, it's going to be keeping the Sabbath in you today and the holy days. Because he said, stated that he kept his father's commandments and he doesn't lie. Okay. So, let's continue on here. have eight minutes left. Um, looks like I probably will go over here because this is an important Bible study. But uh, when I go over, it's probably going to be just about 10 or 15 minutes or maybe uh, less than that. So... Uh, when I am off the air, uh, wait about an hour, and then you can listen to the rest of the Bible study. Okay. Where am I at now? Romans 2, verse 28. Romans 2, verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither 
is that circumcision, which is outwardly in the flesh, and circumcision in this context means you're a Jew. Uh, verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise not of men but of God. Okay? So I just read you the scripture about having the mind of Christ when you have the Holy Spirit, and, and I understand that Yeshua is a Jew. And this is what this helps you to understand that other scripture that uh, you don't have to be a Jew to uh, be a part of the assembly of Yeshua, but you must start to think like a Jew <laughs> and do the things that Jews did that were righteous, because Yeshua stated in John four verse twenty four that salvation is of the Jews, and he also states that uh, he's the way, he's the life. He's the example, and he's a Jew. He's a Jew. So we must act like a Jew, have the attitude of Jews. And that's what this is talking about here. Uh, not being a Jew, but having the attitude of thinking like a Jew. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit. Okay? So that that's what that's referring to. Many people don't understand this, this uh, scripture here. And then even uh, the, the Jews have stated that whoever denies idolatry is called a Jew. <laughs> so so that, that that's, that's pretty interesting there, but that, that's the spirit of it. Okay. But the purpose is not to become a Jew. The purpose is to think like a Jew and have the attitude of a Jew. Because if we're going to become his wife, as Ephesians 5 explains, then you're going to become one with him. So you're both going to be thinking and acting like Jews. Okay. Um, that's the simplest way I can explain that. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. So the Holy Spirit does that. It, and it's called the Spirit of Christ in Romans chapter 8 as well, uh, it opens your mind to understand the Bible, and he opens your mind to understand the Bible. Matthew chapter 23, verse 34. So I'm showing you how the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That's what I'm doing right now. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 34. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets, and wise men and scribes, that's what I am. I am a Torah teacher or writer. That's what scribes mean in the original Hebrew and uh, Greek. It means grammatios, grammatios, and it means a writer. That's what I am. I'm one of the writers that Yeshua has sent to you and anyone else that listens to me. And some of them you shall kill, so that I know that I might get my head cut off, but so what? And crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. Yes, I've been persecuted from city to city. All right, so, <laughs> but anyway, um, I just wanted to, to quote that scripture to help you to understand that he has sent people to help you understand the Bible. And I'm one of them. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, that's what I am again, a teacher, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ, or Messiah, to we all come into the unity of the faith, and that's what we should be, in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, verse 14. And this is a, a serious problem among the assemblies, folks, um, all this deception and so forth. And it, it, it has to stop here. Ephesians 4, verse 14, but speaking, I'm uh, sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of teaching by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. And, you know, Yeshua prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 that there would be many false prophets, many false teachers in this end time. And there is. Verse 15, but speaking the truth, what's truth? Psalm 119, verse 142, all the teachings and doctrines, of Elohim, which the Holy Spirit will guide you into all of that, okay? But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head Christ. And, and you should speak the truth in love, not in a judgmental attitude, okay? And I do the best I can to do that. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. So Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, told Philip to go near and join thyself to this chariot. In verse 30, And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand what you read. So Philip was asking the, the eunuch, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, did he understand what he was reading? And then in verse 31, and he said, How can I except some man shall guide me or should guide me and he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him to explain the scripture to him so there's no such thing folks I mean hey when when God called me when I was um, 17, 18, 19 years old I didn't know squat about the Bible folks I, I didn't hardly know anything about it <laughs> and I had men teach me the scriptures and that's has to happen with you unless God sits down with you personally and teaches you, but that very rarely ever happens. In most cases, he uses a man to do that. He uses a man, in some cases, women. Okay? So that that's what he does. And that's what your scriptures reveal. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Starting in verse 7. And I just want to say uh, that, yes, I'm going to be uh, off the air soon in one minute and 12 seconds. Uh, actually, it's nine seconds now. Um, you can download this uh, this episode or this uh, this program and listen to the entirety of it. Uh, it should take, um, I'm saying about an hour, basically, or maybe an hour and a half, and then you can go, get on there and listen to the rest of this in its entirety. So I just want to tell you about that. And also... Um, I would appreciate uh, any donations that uh, you can give to this work. Uh, simply go to uh, mercifulservantsofgod.com. You'll see the yellow donate button, and uh, we would appreciate very much uh, any donations or offerings or tithes that you can give this work of God or Elohim. Okay, so let me continue on, and um, for those who are um, listening to me now, I look forward to uh, doing this next week. Uh, 
May God bless and keep you. Shalom. And I'm going to continue on here. And again, you can listen to the entirety of this message uh, probably in the next hour or hour and a half. All right, so uh, to continue on here, um, Nehemiah or Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah chapter 8, starting in verse 7. And also Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hadajah, Masayah, <laughs> Kelata, Azra, Jazabat, Hanan, Pelaliah, and the Levites caused the people, and I should have just read the Levites, <laughs> and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And that word caused in the original Hebrew, this is in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7, is Ayeth, or Ayeth, and it means um, self. And it caused the people to understand. So that means understand. And in Hebrew, that word means understand. It means bene. And it means understand the law. And the people stood in their place. In verse 8. So I just wanted to quote this to help you understand. He's raised up people and always has raised up people, particularly men, to help people understand the Bible and what it says. And that's how the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth. One of the major ways it does. Verse 8, so, so they read in the book and the law of God distinctively, distinctively, okay, or distinctly, rather, and gave the sense, gave the intelligence. And so that's what we do. We give the intelligence, help you to understand what the Scriptures are saying, and cause them to understand the reading. And so that's what Torah teachers do, true Torah teachers. They give you the ability to understand the Scriptures. And verse 9 and that's a gift, folks. Not everyone has that gift. Verse 9, And Nehemiah, which in the uh, Tushartha, and Ezra the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people. What I mean, not everyone has that gift originally. Or, well, I don't know if anyone has that gift originally. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that you're going to always have teachers and you're going to always have students, okay? So in, in this life, that's what I mean. And then the students graduate and they become teachers themselves. But anyway, verse nine. And Nehemiah, which is uh, to shop if they if they, they want to be teachers. And Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And I really hope that you don't have to cry, but I hope that you appreciate what I'm doing. I hope that you appreciate, because this is very hard work that I do each and every week to try to reason with you out of the Scriptures, to, to show you what the Scriptures are saying, what they're truly saying, versus all the false ministry and false preaching that you have heard before. And realize that God is, is calling you. God calling you for, for you to listen to me right now god is calling you to um to understand his truth that's what he's doing right now and in john chapter six john chapter six starting in verse 44 it states this 
says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So the Father, and remember, the Holy Spirit comes from the Father to Yeshua, or Jesus, and it draws you to understand what I'm saying here. So if you're listening to me, you're being drawn or called of God. And that's wonderful <laughs> to be actually called of him to to him to pay attention to you at this time. Everyone's going to be called of God. Every human being is going to be given an opportunity. And it's your opportunity right now. Uh Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9. If you're, you know, understanding what I'm saying and if and if you really are interested. Romans chapter 10 is your time. Romans 10 verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, and shall you shall be saved. That means you will be saved if you continue to believe him. And John 3, verse 16, and the rest of the verses after that shows you that belief has a lot to do with your works and what you do. Um, verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11, for, oops, I don't know what happened here. Verse 11. For the, the scripture says, Whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, no difference between any human being. That's what it's saying. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So it doesn't make a difference what type of human race you are. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call, and that means whosoever, whether you're in a tribe, part of the twelve tribes of Israel or not. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, future tense, saved. Verse 14, being saved means that you're immortal, that you can never die. That's the definition of salvation, the simple definition. Verse 14 of Romans chapter 10, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on in him of whom they have not heard? Okay, so again, well, as I was saying before, everyone is going to be called of God the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit working with you. Uh, if you don't understand what I'm saying, have no clue about what I'm talking about, and you just hang up on or you not hang up, but you just don't want to listen to me, it's not your time right now. But other people, if you're still listening to me, you understand what I'm telling you, it's really something that is amazing to you, and, and, and it's just uh, life-changing, then you're being called. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So there has to be preachers, folks. Don't listen to anyone saying, oh, I don't need a preacher. All I got to do, God just talks to me all the time. He just talks, 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 talks. No, no, no. That's not what the scriptures indicate. You got to have a preacher. In most cases, there is a preacher. In some cases, isolated cases, is actually God himself. But in most cases, he uses a man to talk to you. And some, a few cases, women. All right? So so uh, that, that's, that's the way it is. Verse 10 of Romans chapter 10. I mean, Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? So they have to be sent. I'm being sent miraculously over the Internet to reach uh, people. And then in my local community, I fellowship uh, every Friday evening with people. I'm going to be meeting uh, some people tomorrow, but I am sent over the internet, uh, which has a reach of two billion people. So 
So if Yah wanted to, if God wanted to, he could actually have me reach 2 billion people and they can all hear me, but that hasn't happened yet. But the the, the, the possibility of that is there should he want that to happen. Romans 10, verse 15, because this can go all around the world as far as the 2 billion people that have uh, Internet access. Romans 10, verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, the good news of peace, and bring great, glad tidings of good things. And that's what I'm hoping to do each and every week when I do this program. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. You have to obey the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? In verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing. So you have to hear, and that Hebraically that means to understand. You have to understand. And hearing, or understanding by the word of God. You're not going to understand any other way God's will unless you study the word of God. Verse 18, but I say, have they not heard or understood? Yes, verily, their their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. Verse 20 of Romans chapter 10. Yeah, verse 20 of Romans chapter 10. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Or just, uh, let's read this in the uh, complete Jewish Bible version for clarity's sake here. But to Israel, he says, all day long I held out my hands to a people who kept disobeying and contradicting. And that's, one of our character traits, we're very stubborn, and we just don't want to obey. We don't want to do what we need to do. And then, you know, this chapter states here in Romans 10, verse 1, it says, Brothers, my heart's deepest desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. Verse 2, you know, and this means as a nation, not individually, but as a nation. For I can testify to their zeal for God, but it's not based on correct understanding. It's not based on correct understanding. That's a prophecy. Verse 3, for since they are unaware of God's way of making people righteous, which is keeping the commandments, and instead seek to set up their own, keeping Sunday as the Sabbath and and celebrating Christmas and and Easter and all these other pagan days and, and so forth, they have not submitted themselves to God's way of making people righteous. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse 14. Then how much more the blood of the Messiah, and this is in the complete Jewish Bible version, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify our conscience from works that lead to death so that we can serve the living God. That's the reason, one of the major reasons why he died on the cross. Not to nail the, the laws of the cross, and by the way, I do have a recent program I did that proves without a shadow of a doubt that the law of Moses, which is the law of God, was not nailed to the cross, folks. But anyway, in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 9, it says, then how much more, no, Hebrews 13, 
uh, Hebrews 9, verse 13. Hebrews 9, verse 13. For if sprinkling ceremonially unclean persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer restores their outward purity. So that's all the sacrifices did. It didn't purge you from sin. It was only for um, for purging the body so that you could uh, be in the presence of, of God back then in, in the tabernacle, in the temple. And also, it, it was for unintentional sins. Okay, but nothing nothing could purge intentional sins. And, and verse 14 is talking about intentional sins. And then how much more the blood of the Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify our conscience from works that lead to death so that we can serve the living God. Okay? So we got to do some works. Faith must have works, as James chapter 2 reveals. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 32. It says, We are witnesses to these things. So is the, uh, the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So if you obey him, he'll give you the ability to obey him, continue to give you. But if you start disobeying him, you're going to lose that ability to obey him, folks. Um, Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Ye stiff-necked, and this is Stephen talking about what was considered Israel at that time. Uh, the Jews and some of the people from the ten tribes uh, were there, uh, but not all of them. It says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do ye. So that has been the problem with our people for thousands of years. We just totally have resisted the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we don't even know that we're part of Israel. We, as the first chapter of Isaiah says, we don't even know who we are. We don't even know, who, we're not even aware of who we are because of this rebellion that we have as a people. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Beginning in verse uh, 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorn of delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. So he's going to make his words known unto you if you repent. If you repent. And then Luke chapter 3, verses 7 to 14. Uh, let me read that. That's a significant here. Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 7. Then said he to the monk, this is John the Baptist, said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized and immersed of him, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Verse 8, bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, deeds, actions, and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Verse 9, verse 9, and now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees, Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. So this is a very serious message, folks. And it says every tree. And the people ask him, saying, "What?" and the tree, of course, represents a human being. What shall we do then? And I don't blame him for asking that. Verse 11, he answered and said to them, He that has two coats, let him impart to him that have none. And he that have meat or food, let him do likewise. So start sharing and caring. That's what he's telling us. Verse 12. Then also the... Tax collectors came to be immersed and said unto them, Master, what shall we do? In verse 13, and he said unto them, Exact no more than which is appointed unto you. 
And verse 14, and the soldiers likewise demanded him, saying, What shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man. In other words, unnecessary violence. Neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. So these are uh, attitudes that we need to have to show uh, God that we have repented. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. And this is some additional things we need to do. First John 2 verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is a propitiation or covering for our sins, and not, our, not, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world, everybody. Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar. And the truth, what is the truth? Psalm 119, verse 142, is all the teachings and doctrines and commandments of God in the Bible. And the truth is not in him. Verse 5, but whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. So we should walk like Yeshua walked. What did, what did Yeshua do? What did he walk? What did he do? All right, well, in John chapter 15, verse 10, it states plainly, that he kept his father's commandments. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even if I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So we, you know, we have to keep his commandments, his father's commandments. He expects us to do the same thing and walk in his footsteps. Now, what did he do with his feet? Well, in Luke 4, verse 16, states this. Luke 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into synagogue on the Shabbat, or the Sabbath day, and stood up to read. So he kept the Sabbath. That was a part of his custom, folks. And he expects us to do the same the best way we can in spirit and in truth. Truth, again, is all the teachings and doctrines and commandments of God. Psalm 119, verse 142. John 17, verse 17 states, Thy word is truth. Okay, and then Matthew 4, verse 4 states that we must live by every word of God. All right, in Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 states this. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. So he went to the Passover. All right? And then uh, in John 2, verse 13, proves that he went himself to the Passover once he was grown. Uh, first, I'm sorry, John 2, verse 13 states, And the Jews passed over his hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And then in verse 23, Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast, Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. So this is proof that he went to the Passover. And he kept the Passover. John chapter 4. And that scripture, 1 John 2 verse 6 says we should walk in his footsteps. John chapter 4 verse 24. John chapter 4 verse 21. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Catholics, the Protestants, uh, the Arabs. No, of the Jews. Verse 23. But for the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Truth. Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 142. John 17, verse 17. Matthew 4, verse 4. Matthew 4, verse 4. That's the truth, according to your Bible. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Romans 3, starting in verse 1. What advantage then has the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. What advantage then have the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because unto them were committed the oracles of God. Circumcision means being a Jew, and some of their traditions, uh, actually uh, a significant amount of them, um, are, are good to, to acknowledge. And that's what that's talking about. But we have to use the word of God because some of the Jews' traditions don't make sense. And so we have to use the word of God to to uh, eliminate those that do make sense and keep the ones that do. You use the word of God as the final authority on that. James chapter 1, to close this Bible study. James chapter 1, verse 27, talked about worship. Well, pure worship, uh, the word religion in the original Greek in this scripture uh, means... Uh, and it means worshiping. So pure worshiping and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You keep yourself unspotted from the world by keeping the commandments of God, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that's, that's the end of the Bible study, and I hope this Bible study really shows you in a simple way how to repent, how to change, you have to start keeping all the commandments of God to the best of your ability. Uh, if he's calling you uh, right now to do that, if you're understanding what I'm telling you right now, and, and this uh, is, is something that you feel that is life-changing, then you are on the way to repenting. And then from there you need to be immersed in the water, and then you rise up in the water, and then, then someone should lay their hands on you and ask, of course, someone who's Torah observant or some Torah observant, meaning that is doing the best they can to keep all the commandments of God and lay their hands on you to ask that uh, Yah would or God would put his Holy Spirit in you so you can start obeying um, his commandments to the best of your ability. Um, please give me, please email me if you are serious about being immersed so I can give you instructions on how to do that uh, should you have no one in the area to do it with so but that's what you need to do you need to repent once you start repenting then the holy spirit will work with you and will give you the ability to understand the bible so with that may elohim bless and keep you and elohim ready or willing rather <laughs> excuse me i'm really tired but elohim elohim in Hebrew, that's God in Hebrew. Elohim willing, I will be I will be available for you next week. So let's see if I can say that in a clear fashion here. So I wish you shalom and peace, and Elohim willing, I will be available for you next week. Shalom, peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. 
But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 